Youth Conference in Texarkana, the 28th and 29th of uh, December, and so we will be going to that and uh, looking forward to that. So all of the young people that are interested in that, if you would, please come uh, let my wife know uh, where we can get your name marked on the list, where we can get hotel rooms before uh, they are sold out. So remember that. That is December the 28th and 29th. So don't forget those announcements. We want to pray for all of those who are sick and unable to be in the house of the Lord today. Let's pray especially for Sister Bergeron. Ask the Lord to touch her. Sister Nita uh, was sick this morning. Ask the Lord to touch her. Sister Hernandez not doing well. Ask the Lord to give her a touch from heaven. Brother John Costner not feeling well. Ask the Lord to touch him. Brother Joe Williams needs a touch from the Lord. So good to see Sister McDaniel able to be in the house of the Lord today. And uh, thankful for God's goodness, God's mercy, and God's blessings. God has truly been good to me. Well, praise God. God has truly been good to me. If you have your Bibles, let's stand. Turn to Luke chapter number 7. Luke chapter number 7, and I'll read verses 24 through 26. Luke chapter number 7. And uh, I, I, it's been a while since I have preached here, and uh, so I'm going to try not to give you everything that I have thought of in this time that I have not preached. I'll try to divide it up in a few services where uh, you won't have a circuit overload. But I do feel something on my heart I would love to share with you today if you would give me your attention and help me preach today. And uh, we've been having a great time with Brother Atkins, and he is home with his family now, and he'll be coming back Wednesday. Looking forward to a great move of the Lord. So thankful for what God has done for us and uh, expecting God to do greater things for us. Luke chapter number 7, verse number 24. And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak to the people concerning John. This is Jesus. They came to Jesus asking him a question. What, and Jesus said, what went you out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they which are gorgeously appareled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what went ye out for to see? Jesus is asking them a question. And then he says, a prophet. Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. So there is a question being asked Jesus by the disciples of John. And then Jesus asked those people that heard the question, another question about John the Baptist, asking them, what went you out for to see? And I want to talk to you this morning uh, from, I think, a very important subject is about the church. Brother Duplessis has already talked to us about our attitudes this morning and uh, how we see things, and that is exactly what I want to preach to you this morning. How 
do you see the church? How do you see the church? Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us today. God, we are depending on you. Our faith, our confidence, our trust, our hope is in you, God. Without you, we are nothing and we can do nothing, God. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost this morning, God. Anoint me to speak your words, anoint your people to hear your words, to respond to your word, to be a doer of the word. And everybody said in Jesus' name, let's clap our hands and shout unto the Lord right now. God, we love you today. Hallelujah. Somebody shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph right now. I praise you today, God. I worship you. I worship you. Lord bless you. You may be seated. How do you see the church? I think that it is very important to all of us today that we get the right, uh, the right motives behind what we are looking for. It is important on what and how you view things in life. We, uh, we see mostly what we are looking for. I don't know about you, but there are certain things in life that I go through life and there is things that I am attracted to. And there are things that catch my attention. And, um, I, I see things. Now, now me as being a minister, I, I notice churches. I, I see churches. There's not too many churches that I drive by that I don't I don't notice them and even realize that they are there. I, I look at the yard. I look at the building. I look at the church in general because that is things that attract my attention. I I, I think that that when we are focused on things, there's there's different cars. How many how many is attracted to trucks? You you notice trucks and. Some of you boys are, you like those jacked up trucks. So you see a jacked up truck, you notice, wow, look at that. And, uh, so there is others that are attracted to cars and I, I, I like cars and I, I've, I'm really attracted to Corvettes. I really think they are just about the coolest thing ever. And, uh, so everywhere I go, I notice, I said, look, there's one. And I keep trying to convince my wife that it's God's will because they keep popping up in my line of sight. But uh, anyway, there are things that, that catch our attention in life. I think about these people that, that are interested and, and uh, very focused on Bigfoot. How many has ever heard of Bigfoot? And uh, I can remember uh, when I was a kid, my... My daddy would always tell us these stories about catamounds. And I, I don't know what a catamount is, but I knew they were in the woods of Arkansas and they were, uh, they were, they were dangerous animals. And uh, never seen one. I, I've seen a lot of things that I thought was catamounts. And, and uh, it seemed like every evening about sundown, the catamounts would come out. When I was a young boy on a deer stand and, and I'd start thinking about those things and the, 
the, the, the bushes that had been bushes all evening would start moving and they'd take on forms and, and shapes of things that was coming after to get me and, and, uh, to take me captive and to tear me in little pieces and that's all that would be found when they come back looking for me. And, uh, there are people that, that have spent their life on looking for Bigfoot. I've never seen a Bigfoot. I've heard a lot. I've seen people with big feet. But I've never seen the thing that they call Bigfoot. I, I did one time at Walmart parking lot. They had this big trailer and uh, they had this thing in there they had captured and they had, uh, he had died and they had, they had stuffed him and it was a big old hairy gorilla looking thing and that was Bigfoot. And, uh, but there are people that, that are looking for them and they declare that they have seen them. Now, I doubt it because I haven't ever seen one. And I doubt it because the reason why I've never seen one is I've never really went looking for one. When I am in the woods at night, I don't want to see Bigfoot. I'm not looking for Bigfoot. And I'm praying, God, don't let Bigfoot appear right now. And uh, when I, you know, I, I look, there, there's people that, that see all of these things when they're in the church praying. Man, they see these spirits and they see demons and they see... They see angels and they see all of these things. When I come to the church to pray by myself, I say, God, I'm talking to you. You be very quiet right now and don't appear. Because <laughs> it would scare me to death. And uh, so, so that's not what I am looking for. And so I, I don't go into places looking for that. And, and uh, so I, I don't see those things. But what people are focused on that... That is what they see. I, I remember the, uh, the little nursery rhyme about the kitty cat that went to London and, and, uh, the little, the little kitty cat showed up in London. I, I read a little bit about that and where, where it arrived from is there was someone there back, uh, I think in the 16th century, the story goes that had a cat and the queen allowed them to bring the cat into the palace and, uh, so it gave special permission for this cat to be in there. But the cat come back with the story when was asked, what did you see? You know what the cat seen? The cat seen a mouse. Because you know what cats look for? They look for mice. They look for little rats running across the ground. They look for things that they can attack and eat because that's just in their chemical makeup. And, uh, there, there is, there, in all of the majesty and all of the glory of the, the throne and the queen sitting on the throne and the crown on the queen's head and, and all of the beautiful paintings in the palace hall, the cat was focused so much on the rat that that's what it seen. And it went running under the uh, the throne, the chair where the queen was sitting to go after the rat. Amen. This this is this is a, a lot to say about the way that we are as humans today. Humans get focused on things. They start looking for things. They get interested in things. And and uh, I I remember. Uh, I remember my first uh, 
Uh, you know, of course, I was born and raised in church, and I can't remember my first time because I was too young to even remember at that time. But I, I can remember when I started uh, uh, noticing things about the church, and I started getting interested in the church, and I, I started paying attention to what was going on in the church. Amen. I, I seen good people in the house of God. I seen it was a place where the Holy Ghost was poured out was in the house of God. I seen that it was a place where wonderful things happened. Miracles were performed. God uh, put families back together in the house of God. God delivered people off of drugs in the house of God. God set people free from alcohol in the house of God. God just just put people's lives back together. And I can remember that happening in the house of the Lord. Amen. Some people look at church as a place to hang out. But I look at church as a place to come and to worship and to magnify and to glorify God. Amen. I want to tell you today, church is more than just a social gathering place. Church is more than just a place to come and to fellowship with one another and see friends and pat each other on the back. But the house of God is a place where we come to lift up the name of the Lord. It's a place that we come to give God glory and to give God honor and to give God praise. It's a place that we come to meet the Lord. It's a place that we come to worship and magnify God. Amen. When I look at our text today, I see that John the Baptist sent his disciples. And uh, he sent his disciples and John was in prison at this time. And he said, I want you to go and I want you to ask Jesus. He had heard the stories of Jesus and the miracles that was being done. And he remembered baptizing him in water and and uh, so he said i want you to go and ask him is he the one is he the messiah or should we look for another so john's disciples go and they ask jesus and jesus looks at them and he says you go back and you tell john in luke chapter 7 and verse 22 jesus said unto them Tell John what you see. It was important that the disciples of John went back with the right, the right mindset and the right vision of what was being done there by the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. He said, I tell you what I want you to go tell John. You tell John that the blind see. And you tell John that the lame are walking. You tell John that the sick are healed and the leopards are cleansed. And the Word of God is preached to the poor and the the downtrodden people of the earth. It is important that you have the right vision. Let me tell you today something, church. Amen. It is so important that each and every one of us have the right mindset and the right view of the church before we can go out and be a witness of what the church is. 
and what the church can do to you. I want to tell you, you've got to get a touch from God in your mind and in your spirit and ask God to touch my eyes where I can see what the church really is. Amen. Amen. Go tell John what you see. Go tell John what is happening. Go tell John what is taking place. And then Jesus looked at the people that were there with him. And he said, what did you go into the wilderness for to see? Did you go to hear someone that could speak with eloquent words? Did you go to hear someone that was dressed in royal apparel? Did you go to hear someone that was very uh, modest and very on top of things and very uh, uh, in tune with life and society? What did you go out for to see? If you went looking for that, you were looking in the wrong place. But if you went looking for a prophet. That's exactly what you've seen. Some people saw him as a renegade and a rebel and a troublemaker. Amen. But some people saw him as a true prophet and a forerunner of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today, church, we need God to touch our eyes of the vision of what the church really is. Amen. Amen. My mind goes to a story of one Shimei. Shimei lived in the time of David, king of Israel. There was a time where David was being run out of his kingdom by his son, Absalom. In this time was a very troublesome time for King David. In this time, David didn't know what to expect uh, on every hand, what was coming next. It seemed like that his world had been turned upside down. And he is being forced out of his kingdom. Him and a few of his loyal supporters are making their way out of the city. And while they are there, there is one named Shimei that comes out and starts cursing at David and calling him a bloody man and declaring that the judgments of God was upon him. He was throwing dirt in the air and throwing rocks at King David. And Joab was there by King David, one of David's mighty men. And he said, let me go take this dog's head off at this time. And David said, no, maybe God has placed him here for a purpose and for a reason in my life. Now, Shimei, the word Shimei comes from the name is hearing. It has the meaning of understanding. It has to hear and to be intelligent about what is being heard. Amen. Often with implications on attention and obedience. But the word Shimei never has anything to do with seeing something for what it really is. There was a time where David was about to die, and he calls his son uh, Solomon in. And he said, now Solomon, there's some things that you are going to have to deal with when I am gone. One is Shimei. 
There were some different ones that David called their name, but Shimei was one of them. And he said, I, I, I want you to take, God is going to bless you with wisdom and knowledge. And in your wisdom and in your knowledge, I want you to deal with this man as you see fit. So when David died, they, uh, Solomon calls Shimei in. And Shimei stands before the king, not knowing his fate or what is going to happen to him, knowing why he is there, but not knowing what is going to take place. And Solomon looks at him, and he reminds him of the things that he had done, and the things that he'd done to David, his father. And he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you in First Kings chapter, First King chapter two and verse number thirty-six. And when he had called Shimei, he said unto him, "Build thee an house in Jerusalem, and dwell there, and go not forth thence whither." Don't leave Jerusalem. Now at this time, Jerusalem was one of the most sought after and happening cities of the region. Jerusalem was somewhere around 25,000 people at that time. Modern day seems to think that that was somewhere kind of small. But for in biblical times, that was a great uh, metropolitan area. And Shimei looks at Solomon and he said, well spoken. That is a great thing. No problem. And he thanks him, no doubt, for his mercy and his wisdom. And so Shimei goes out to live his life. The first year was good. The second year was good. The third year began to get a little rocky, and he began to get a little restless with his confinement and where he was supposed to spend the rest of his life. Word comes to him that some of his servants had gone and they had fled to Gath. And even the king had made a notice to Shimei and said, I have your servants here. Now come and take your servants back. And so Shimei, no doubt thinking, well, I'm not supposed to leave the confines of Jerusalem. I'm not supposed to pass over the brook Kidron. I'm supposed to stay here where I have been told by the King Solomon to stay. But here the King wants me to come to Gath. Amen. Now the city of Gath was in the region of the Philistines. It was a paganistic country and a paganistic people that worshiped false gods that did not worship the one true God of Israel and here he is getting the call and you go back and you look the Bible says Jerusalem which is above is the mother of us all I look at Jerusalem as a type of confinement as the church amen it's a place like the church here Shimei 
why you are safe. But there is an allurement that's pulling you. There is an attraction that's trying to draw you. Get your mind back on how you view the church. I come to tell somebody today, no matter what the world says, no matter what the devil has to say to you, the church is still the best place on this side of glory. Don't be lured out of the house of God. Don't be attracted to leave the presence of the Almighty God. I wonder what went through Shimei's mind when he started to walk and he had made the decision. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe Solomon will understand. Maybe Solomon would, would, uh, you know, he would make provision. And as he makes his way down and he sees the city limit sign and he steps over the brook Kidron, just a 64 mile hike, just a short 64 miles that winds up costing his life. I come to tell somebody today, amen, if the devil is alluring you out of the church, if the devil's trying to convince you that in the house of God is not where it's at, if the devil's trying to convince you that the church is a wall, amen, that's keeping you from having a good time, you need to get another vision of what the church is. Amen. I find the church is a place of safety. I find the church is a place of hope. I find the church is a place of help. It protects me from drugs. It protects me from alcohol. It protects me from ungodliness. Amen. Thank God for the church. Amen. Unfortunately, at our house, there has been a new member that has been added. Not by my desire. And no, I'm not talking about my grandson. Because I am happy about that addition. If y'all haven't seen him, he's probably the most gorgeous young man that y'all have ever seen in your life. You need to get to meet him. He's, he might be the next president one day. But, but anyway... I, uh, there has been this little pointed nose, pointed eared, pencil tailed little dog that has been added to our, our area of living. Now, in the back, there is a little pen that has been set up to keep this little dog in. The little dog does not understand why he must go to the pen. Why he has to sit in there. Yesterday, I heard him barking and I thought, man, the thing's done hung himself in the fence or something. And I walked around there. The little guy's sitting right in the middle of the fence, sitting down with his, his head stuck straight in the air. Just, just wanting out, just howling for no reason other than he don't like the confinements of the pen. But you know what the pen is? The pen is not to harm him. 
The pen is not to keep him from having a good time. The pen is to hold him in confinement because there's people driving vehicles up and down the road. There's people coming in and out of the driveway. Now when everybody's at home and everything's kind of quiet, we let the little fellow out to go have a great time. But there comes a time where he's got to go back into the pen. And he views the pen as his greatest enemy. But really, the pen is his greatest friend. Amen. When you find somebody that's disgruntled and the adversary of their soul is tormenting them and tempting them, they look at the church is uh, the church is my enemy uh, nobody there likes me nobody there cares about me uh, amen but I come to tell you today uh, the church is not your enemy uh, the church is your best friend uh, the house of God is the greatest place uh, that you could ever spend your time uh, it's not here to harm you uh, it's here to build a wall of protection Shimei, the news meets the king. The king calls him in and says, where you been? Oh, just another day. Just another day. But, but where have you been? Well, you probably heard the news by now. But I had some of my, my donkeys got out and my servants got away and I, the king of Gath called him and wanted me to come and, and pick them up and take them back home. And so I felt obligated. Why didn't, why didn't you get somebody else to go for you, Shimei? I will, uh, you know, this, this, this city of Jerusalem. I don't, I don't understand the confinements. I don't, I don't understand the law. I don't understand the restrictions. I, I don't understand why you did what you did. But hold on. Let's go back. Let's go back a few verses, Shimei. Remember when you thought you were going to lose your life? Remember when you deserved death? Remember when you was on your last leg? Remember when you were begging for forgiveness? Remember when you were begging for mercy? And I said, stay in the city of Jerusalem. I want to take some of you back right now. Remember when you were lost in a world of sin. Remember when you were hooked on drugs. Remember when you were hooked on alcohol. Remember when your marriage was turned upside down. Remember when your family was scattered from here to there. Remember when you did not have a job. Remember when you didn't have a place to live? Remember when you didn't have a friend in the world? Remember when it was turmoil, chaos? Let me tell you, if the world was so good, why did you ever come to church? You know why? Because you were a miserable wreck. And you walked into the house of God. And you come to an altar of repentance. And God said, I'm going to forgive you of all of your sins. 
all of your transgressions, all of your faults, all of your failures. I'm going to take it all away. All you got to do is give your heart to me. God, that's not hard at all. And then God fills you with the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. And then you go down in a watery grave in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And you come up a new creature in Christ Jesus. What a feeling. And you shouted around. And you danced around and you run the aisles and you lift your hands and you said how great the church is and how wonderful the church is. Oh, you had a view of what the church was all about. It's a great place. It's a wonderful place. When you come into the house of God, I'm just glad to be in church again. I'm just glad to be in the house of God again. Why? Because your eyes was open and you got an understanding. The church did it for me. God is blessed me. God has been good to me. God has set me free. God has delivered me. But then time starts to set in. Oh, man. Church on Wednesday night? Church on Sunday morning? My goodness, don't say no. We ought to have church a little bit later in the day. Get up on Sunday morning and go to church. Sunday night church? Are you kidding me? My goodness, let's have recreation. Let's have a party. Not Sunday night church. That's just too much. Three times a week? When when you got the Holy Ghost, just said, Can't we have church tomorrow night? Oh, I'm about to hit home right now. Amen. I, I, I love, I love new converts. Amen. You having church on Sunday night. Man, they come. Man, we're not going to have church on Monday night. We're not going to have church on, man, we can't, we got to have church Monday and Tuesday night. Amen. Old converts. Listen, my Lord, don't let that guy announce church. What's wrong with him? Don't he know he had to work? I want to tell you, your view of the church is obscured by the vision of the world and what the devil is placing before you. God, touch my eyes. God, help me to fall in love with you all over again. Help me to realize what the church really is. Jerusalem was big. But all of a sudden, there's a lot said about today. People's even calling their churches this. And I, I don't want to slam anybody's church. We're just not going to do it here. Amen. There's a church flavor for everybody. But the church with no walls. How foolish. Any city that's worth saving is worth a wall being built around it. We don't build the wall to keep people out. We build a wall to keep sin from harming us. When I come to God, amen, I didn't want to keep doing the same old things I was doing. 
When I came to God, they, a lot of people say, all you got to do now is come to God. You just don't have to change the bar you go to. Don't have to change the beer you drink. Don't have to change the alcohol you consume, cigarettes you smoke. Amen. A church without walls. I want to tell you, the real church is a place to protect you from the enemy. The only way that we can, we can protect ourselves from the enemy is build up a defense against the enemy. Amen. God, I'm not interested in tearing down the wall. God, I'm not interested and breaking through the fence. I realize it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm here because of the church. I'm here because of the mercy and the grace of God. I'm here because of the blessings of God. I'm here because of God gave me an opportunity to be in the church. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, if we today could get an understanding like the, the servant of Elijah. That he went back out and he said, prophet of God, we're surrounded by the enemy. We're surrounded by trouble on every side. People, then the, man, the armies, they are gathered around us to destroy us. The prophet of God steps out and says, man, there's more for us than there is against us. He said, I don't know what you're seeing, but you're seeing something that I'm not seeing. But the prophet of God prayed and said, God, anoint his eyes. And he went back out after a fresh anointing. He said, my Lord, the host of the armies of the Almighty God, they're everywhere. What are you looking at? What are you, what are you seeing today? What are you looking for? Are you looking for trouble? You're gonna find trouble. Are you looking for, for, for heartache? You're gonna find heartache. But I wanna tell you, if you're looking for God, you're gonna find God. If you're looking for help, you're gonna find help. If you're looking for deliverance, you're gonna find deliverance. Amen. Amen. This is what the devil will tell you. When you come to God, man, is it so amazing? It makes you love everybody. It makes you want to hug everybody. It makes you want to cry on everybody's shoulder. It makes you so excited and can't wait to get back. But you know, when time goes on, the devil starts messing with your vision of the church. And he'll say, see, so-and-so don't like you. Look at them the way they're sitting over there. And you can be on this side of the church looking at somebody on that side of the church and realize from this side to that side that they really don't like you. And when they talk to somebody, they're talking about me. Son, you have got some great insight on what people's thinking and doing. That's what the devil does. And you'll have something against somebody that don't have anything against you. And the devil say, see, so-and-so don't like you. They didn't speak to you. They don't, they don't care for you. They don't want you to come back to church. Don't you understand that that's the devil? When you got a touch from God, everybody looked good. Everybody looked great. Hey, they're still the same people loving and serving the same God. Sure, we've got problems. Sure, we've got mistakes. Sure, we've got past. Amen. But I, this is a place in the house of God I can bring my problem and lay it on the altar. I can bring Bring my past and leave it on the altar. I can bring my trouble and I can walk out a new man and a new creature in Christ Jesus. A view of the church. 
I'm getting ready to close today. The devil will say the people don't love you. The devil will say the preacher don't love you. The devil will say you just don't feed them. The devil will say you need to find friendship outside of the church. But remember, remember, the devil is the adversary of your soul. Somebody help me pray right now. I feel like God's trying to touch someone's heart right now. I need your help today, church. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord. Let's reach out to the Lord right now. Come on, somebody reach out to God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, church, help me pray right now. What went you out for to see? What are you looking for today? What are you looking for today? What are you desiring today? What did you come to church for today? Did you come to church to critique? Did you come to church to find fault? Did you come to church to find trouble? Did you come to church to find something disgusting about the church? I want to tell you, I come to church because I wanted to worship God. I come to church because I wanted to glorify God. I come to church because I needed help from God. I come to church because I needed a touch from God. I'm finding exactly what I come after and come looking for. And if you are in this place this morning and you're needing help and direction from God, you're at the right place. If you're needing mercy from God, you're at the right place. If you need the love of God in your life, you're at the right place. If you're looking for hope, you're at the right place. If you're looking for deliverance, you're at the right place. If you're looking for help from a church family, you're at the right place. Oh, I come to tell you the church is still the most beautiful thing on this side of heaven. Amen. Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm glad that I'm in something that's built on a sure foundation. Everyone, if you will, stand. If everybody right now would bow your heads. Let's lift up our voices. Let's reach out to God right now. Help me pray. Help me pray today. Young person, I come to try to help you today. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. The devil's trying to deceive you. The devil's trying to ruin and wreck and destroy your life. The devil's trying to make you feel like the church is there to keep you from having a good time. When all the church is there is for is to protect you and help you and watch over you and to give you a place of safety in a lost and a dying and a wicked and perverse world that we live in. If you're here today and don't know God and the power of the Holy Ghost, let me introduce you to Jesus Christ. All you've got to do is come down to this altar, repent of your sins and say, God, 
God, I don't know what it's all about. I don't have all the answers, but I know this. I need you and then rise. Amen. And be buried in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And rise to walk in the newness of life. I ask you right now, if you need something from God, would you step out from where you're standing? Make your way to this front. Lift your hands toward heaven. If you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to lift your hands toward heaven, lift your hands toward heaven. But know this, that when you come, God will meet you. And God is going to meet you in the church. God's going to meet you in the midst of the church. Whatever your problem is, God has the answer. Whatever you're facing today, God has the answer. Whatever your trouble is today, God has the answer. Whatever your sickness is, God has a miracle for you. Amen. God has it. You just got to step out and say, here I am, God. Would you come? Thank God for these who are coming. Would you come? Would you allow God to work for you this morning? Allow God to restore you this morning. Allow God to strengthen you this morning. Allow God to touch your sight today to where you can see the glory in the house of God. Amen. The precious Spirit of God dwelling in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church, help me. Help me right now. Come on, somebody reach out to the Lord right now. I need thee, Lord. I need thee, Lord. I need thee, Lord. Why don't you lift your hands and say, I need you, Lord. I've got to have your help. I've got to have your help, God. I've got to have your help, God. I've got to have your help, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you reach out to Him right now? How do you see the church today? How do you see the church today? How do you see the house of God today? It's my place of help. It's my place of hope. It's my place of strength. It's my source of joy. It's in the house of God. It's where I found my family. It's where I found my friends. It's where I found my deliverance. It's where I find my strength. It's in the house of God.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. As we sing this song, why don't you lift your hands and thank God for the church. Remember where you were before you came into the house of God. Remember what kind of person you were before you came into the house of God. Remember what kind of life you had before you came into the house of God. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the church, God. I praise you. I praise you. I need thee, Lord. I need thee, Lord. Every hour I need thee, God. Every hour I need thee, God. Hallelujah. Oh, you are so good. You are so great. You are so mighty. You are so powerful, God. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I need you. I need you. I need you, God. Come on, why don't everybody sing it from your heart right now? Everybody lift up your voice. Sing it from your heart right now. In the name of Jesus. lift our hands and thank God for the church right now. God, I praise you. Thank you.